Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easy, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. It's all in one place and it's free. It's called Spotify for podcasters. And here's how it works. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start recreating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available now on Spotify. Of course, they're optional. And when you want to take your conversations with your fans to the next level, the Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking and to get the conversation going. With Spotify for podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including podcast ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Listen, ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, it has truly taken my show to a whole new level, especially with having the options like the video podcast, the Q&As and the polls, and has let me be creative in a completely different way and connect with my audience in a completely different way as well. So I highly recommend that you give it a try. Download Spotify for podcasters app or either go to the website, which is spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Hey guys, welcome to the Girl Take No Podcast. I am Shawnee Sanders, your host, and today we are talking all about home ownership. There is so much going on in the market that a lot of us are just kind of like scared to purchase because we we're getting a lot of misinformation. But today we get to have all that put to rest. So with me, I have the managing partners of Synergy Properties Group, Rukia Tyler. I thought I was going to mess your name. I'm sorry about that. Okay. And Samantha Johnson. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you so much thank you thank you thank you guys for coming on so i have like a list of questions that i just kind of want to get through hopefully we can get through them within this hour but the first one the first thing i want to do is since it's black history month i want to talk about i would like for you ladies to talk about what has been your journey as african-american women in the real estate industry and what made you go into this industry I mean, for for me, it, it has definitely been an eye-opening experience of how much education we need to provide to our circle of family, <laughs> friends, and even just our community on the process and what it means to actually own real estate and building oh, yeah. that generational wealth. Yeah. Um, for us, it has always been about being that resource and educating our community for them to understand, like, this is where you start to build the wealth that you've been dreaming of, that you've been asking for, for so many years. And you can be the first of your generation to do so. So being a woman in the industry, I mean, Kia can, can attest to this. We're always, we always get, 
you guys are inspiration because, you know, women working together and mm -hmm. we never seen anything like it. So, you know, just having that too, being in the industry is super, super important to us and a blessing to be inspirations to other people that's in the market as well. So that's really awesome. And I think for me, being an African-American woman who bought a home very early, I wanted to kind of debunk a lot of the myths of home ownership and what, mm -hmm. I, what that looks like. And I think for Samantha and I to be able to make a great impact on our community of just being a resource and showing people and having an avenue, like we don't turn anyone around, like everyone will have a plan and have a strategy. Um, and, and being in a business, this is my seventh year, we are needed. Like, we don't understand how much, you know, black roses are needed, black lenders are needed, black appraisers are needed um, yes. for our community to be a resource to our community to show others that, you know, you can purchase and give you all the avenues in, in order to do so. Um, definitely being an African American woman, we have dealt with some some things <laughs> as far as this, you know, I definitely, me personally have dealt with discrimination. Yeah. I have, you know, people have asked me why I am in certain neighborhoods. I've never seen you around here. So that for me, it gives me even more of a push to be able to help my community because like, you know, if we don't help them, then who will? Yes. Exactly, exactly. Let me ask this question because, you know, think about what some of you guys you guys just said. Has the mindset of our people shifted when it comes to purchasing home? Because I remember back in the day um, with my mother's generation, it was really about home ownership. Owning something of your own, that's the way you say you build wealth or just to have something of your own. Has that mindset changed, you think, now? Is it more so where we don't believe we can have it? Or is it just that we feel like renting might be the better option? I think people think that renting is the easier option, and it's not. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's not the easiest option. Um, we still have a long way to go as far as individuals' mindsets, to be honest. You know, mm -hmm. it was um, the NAR, they did uh, the National Association of Realtors, they did a report that said for last year in 2022, 88% were Caucasian and only 4% were Black buyers. Wow. 10%. So we have a lot of work to do. So me and Kia say all the time, collaboration over competition. We need all of our agents to get together to mm -hmm. really educate our community because, you know, we're still fighting, you know, to push into people's minds of this is the way to start. Um, and it's not their fault. You know, some people might be first generation homeowners. You know, mm -hmm. maybe they haven't seen anyone in their family, um, you know, benefit from owning a home they just know just buy a house but they don't know the reasons and the opportunities for buying a house so yep. we have a long way to go but we're <laughs> in it for the long haul <laughs> progress is slow and, and, yes. and, and i would definitely say in my years of being an agent you know again seven years i've seen it definitely shift in in the, in the sense of what people are seeing on social media um, mm -hmm. kind of like this FOMO, like I want to buy a house, you know, fear mm -hmm. of not, you know, missing out because they're seeing their friends, you know, posting about buying homes. I just think, you know, as millennials, um, what I see specifically in millennials, they realize, you know, I might not be getting married in the next five or 10 years. I mean, you know, the next few years. So a lot of people, what I'm seeing from millennials are becoming investors. So they're not necessarily, yeah. they're really hooked on like, I want to get this four unit building. I want to, you know, buy my first home as my investment. 
So I'm definitely seeing the mindset of as far as what people are looking for, as far as starting their journeys with real estate. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been in a lot of conversations where investing has become really huge among millennials versus purchasing a home. They'll purchase a property and they'll live in one and rent out and build their wealth from there. So I have start seeing kind of like that shift. So that, that's yeah. something. Um, let me ask you guys a question. So this is kind of a question that I ask every guest that come on our show. Given what you guys said, your journey in real estate to where you are now, what advice would you give your younger selves? You know what I mean? You can go back and say, hey, little Rukia, hey, little um, Samantha, you know what? You're going to make it, girl. Just keep your head up. What advice would you give your younger selves? Wow. Start, I just started <laughs> earlier. That's what I would say. <laughs> and, you know, I bought my house when I was uh, in 2017. So I was in my early 30s. So, you know, I, I I would have started way earlier. Um mm-hmm. And I think that for for me, I wish I would have knew this path of real estate a lot sooner because because now we're seeing a lot of people that's younger than us. That's like killing it. And I'm like, man, if I was yes. high school, started at 21, 20, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, oh, I would have been going crazy. But, you know, it's all in God's planning. But I just would have started oh, yeah. early for sure. I would have started way <laughs> earlier. <laughs> I think for me, I feel like everything happens for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I would have told myself something as a younger, you know, kid, I may not be where I am right now. I think like mm. all of the journeys, working for the government for 12 years, you know, being a probation officer, running the unit for that, it, you know, it all led me to where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I think, you know, if, if I had to tell myself anything, it's just like focus on your mindset. Because oh, regardless yeah. of what, you know, where you are, what you're doing, mindset is the number one thing that either will propel you or leave you stagnant. Now that, is, now that is the truth. That is the truth. You just spoke a word right there. Seriously. <laughs> so <laughs> you really did. So with your, both of you have very diverse backgrounds and you decided to come together to form this amazing company. What made you decide to do this? So when we, well, when I first got into the business, well, from the very beginning, how we actually met is that we had something that's called Family Reunion with Keller Williams. And okay. Rakia put on uh, social media that she was looking for a roommate for a hotel room, you know, for our stay. So I said, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll come, you know, I'll be your roommate or whatever the case may be. Well, come now, fast forward 2020, you know, between that time and then 2020, we became really, really good friends. We have similar backgrounds backgrounds as far as being from Prince George's County. Um, and, you know, we just know, we just love our community. We love mm-hmm. giving back to our community. But like I said, being a resource to our community and we needed each other. You know, I'm a sister's per- person. She's a people person. Kia will go out to, you know, networking events and, and, and she will have conversations and I'll be on the back end creating the systems for those conversations that she had. <laughs> I mean, that's just who we were. You know, we just knew our separate roles. We know our separate roles. Um, but at the end of the day, we only had one thing in mind and that was just creating that community-based team or that community-based company where people feel comfortable talking to us about their real estate goals, trusting us with their real estate goals and actually believe that we can fulfill their real estate goals. 
That's awesome. Just to answer that, like, we want to make, like, the whole purpose of the name Synergy is two forces that come together to make a bigger impact. And so that's what our goal is. Like, we know we can't do this by ourselves. We know that in order to make the impact we want um, on our community, we need each other um, in order to do so. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, so let's get into questions regarding the market. (laughs) What everybody want to know. Now, let's (laughs) let's, let's talk about this. Now, since the pandemic, it shifted a lot of different industries, right? Um, But how has, what would you describe the current market today? Like, how would you describe it? Because before the pandemic, we felt like, okay, it was good. We had a lot of homes available. You know, it was good to purchase. I purchased four years ago. I was good. But well, how would you describe it today for people today? How I would we say it's a state. I would say it's a stable market. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like, um, there are homes available more so than we saw in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Especially new construction, there's so many different routes to be able to purchase and actually have a strategy to purchase. Between 2020 and 20, you know, beginning of 2022, you didn't have time to think. You didn't have time to do inspections. You know, you were in a rush to do everything. So I think now is is a great time to definitely take advantage of the different opportunities to be able to purchase um, with down payment assistance that you weren't necessarily able to get before. Getting closing assistance for the sellers, and then the sellers are still getting. Um, a lot of, you know, top dollar for their home. So I, I think it's definitely a great time. It's just a different time. And I think that's what people have to understand. 2020, no, no market is going to stay the same forever, but there's definitely advantages in every market that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And the same that, you know, just to piggyback on what Ricky was saying, the market is correcting itself. I mean, you, like we were talking about earlier, you know, the interest rates were so low you know, back in 2020, 2021, even early 22, that, you know, it was just a whole bunch of buyers, just a mm-hmm. whole bunch. You have to excuse me. I'm in my office where the light goes out. <laughs> For a second, there it goes. Yeah, you're going to get those bloopers. Um, but yeah, so, you, you know, the the it was just so many, you know, um, competition that, like he said, people weren't able to think. It's to really purchase a property that they really could do their due diligence with the inspections and appraisals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now, you know, it's just an opportunity. It's not that much competition. Sellers are willing to assist as far as, you know, closing costs and things of that nature because they received so much of equity during that time that they, they can slide you over a little bit as far <laughs> as, you know, closing costs and things are concerned. So, like, kids correct when they say it's just opportunity right now. And, and it's more so just understanding the market and finding that opportunity and knowing what your real estate goal is for the long term and not just thinking that real estate is a short-term investment but a long-term investment yeah definitely and i i think you guys i think my microphone is acting funny now i think you guys touched on something i don't know where all this is coming from but i think you guys touched on something that I talk about with my friends, which is the mortgage rates, right? Mm-hmm. And that is one. And for us, that is one of the deterrents for us to say, okay, 
we're not going to purchase right now because we feel like, oh, they're too high because when we purchased our home, you know, a few years ago, it was much lower and we got such a great interest rate and stuff like that. And when people want to refinance and people don't want to do that because they feel like the mortgage rates are just too high. So what do you guys, what do you guys have to say about those? Are the mortgage rates still trending up? Do we see them maybe coming down at some point? Is it the time to buy or sell or would you say, well, you probably wouldn't say no, don't do that right now. <laughs> but would you say be cautious about how you do it? Listen, if we I mean it's answer, a strategy for everything. Yeah. If we were to answer, <laughs> I will be a millionaire right now, <laughs> sitting on the beach giving my predictions on this. It's it's marry the house, date the rates, divorce the landlord. Okay? That you is you you marry the rate. I mean, marry the house, uh, uh, um, marry the house, mm-hmm. date the rate, and divorce the landlord. I mean, we never know what the market is going to do. We mm-hmm. Trust me, in 2021, we could not have told you that the market was going to be like this. You know how yeah. it is today. Um, yeah. But again, opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And even if, you know, if you can afford a mortgage payment at the interest rates that they are now, you can always refinance. That's mm-hmm. the thing. If it's a house that you're interested in, you're running the numbers, you're getting assistance from the sellers as far as being able to save more, as far as cash to close, you're using down payment assistance programs, you can divvy up the money that you're saving from getting all that from the sellers and from the programs into your mortgage payments to make it seem not that, make it not that much worse than what you think it may be mm-hmm. um so yeah it's always like i say opportunity so you just have to look at it as that and like i said refinance i've refinanced my house you know my interest rates were high and then i refinanced it and now they're decent so yeah you just have to figure out what's important to you and i think people have to really understand that you probably didn't just rates were until they were historically low Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. before they were historically low, people probably didn't know that people were getting 6% interest rates in 2017, 18, 19. Like, you know, people weren't, didn't know that people were in the five. So I think people just have more knowledge because we put it, you know, we put it in everyone's head. Like it's historic low rates right now. Mm-hmm. Buy a home. We were serious about it. If you didn't have the opportunity to buy it, you know, buy a home at the time, we understand that. But you also have to look at it like, when that was happening, you also had to be very cash heavy in that market. You had to have cash. You weren't asking for any repairs. You weren't getting any um, closing assistance from sellers. So people mm-hmm. have to realize that interest rates did go up a lot, but they have definitely come down since we've seen the height of a lot of stuff from the fall of last year. Mm-hmm. So people have to realize, as long as the payment, like Samantha said, is a comfortable payment for you and is not above your max, then what are we really talking about? Because that interest rate can change. So you're going to tell me you're going to continue to renting, you know, rent for $2,300 for this one bedroom, one bath, as opposed to putting that $2,300 in an in a, in a actual home that you're building equity on and building wealth. So we have to have conversations and everyone's situation is different. So yeah. don't listen to your friend. Don't listen to this guy on Instagram that got 100,000 <laughs> followers who's telling you what this market is but has really no idea. Everything yeah. is a scare tactic. People are trying to scare people into, you know, either purchasing or not 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing I want to piggyback off too. like know your local market, like trust the resources in your local market, because a lot of people are looking at Fox News and CNN and looking, you know, at the national market, but not looking specifically in their local market. Kia said something even interesting. She said 23, just imagine $2,300 a month that you're spending on rent. That's about $27,000 a year. Typically, people do like what two, three year leases. So you multiply that by three. That's eighty two thousand dollars for three years. Oh my god! If you could have put that into your home instead of paying your landlord's mortgage, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That is. And a lot trust of money. me, trust me, I'm a landlord. So <laughs> we're both landlords. So we definitely understand. But we, our whole goal and our whole why is to build generational wealth. So I think the mindset of changing people's mindset of we're not waiting. You said that two years ago. You said that last year. We're not waiting anymore. It is time. If if now is the time to buy a home, don't let anything stop you because there's different strategies um, that we can put into place to make it affordable. Yeah. And I think that's probably, this is why this conversation is so important to have because the mortgage rates, like you said, Samantha, we looked at them on a national level. We're looking at Fox News. We're looking at CNN. They're saying, Hey, this is not the mortgage. This is not the mortgage rates are going up. They're trending up. This is not a time for people who are looking to buy. This is more a seller's market. And that's why people are like, okay, so I'm going to pause on that. I'm just going to go rent before I even buy. And then it was also the whole myth of like, there's not enough inventory to purchase a home. So is there inventory in a DMV or the areas that you specialize in, which is, um, I think it's Washington and Maryland, correct? In Virginia. In Virginia. Okay. So you do all of them. Okay. So is there, <laughs> I know that's why we cover all grounds. <laughs> <laughs> is there inventory? Because I have friends who feel like they can't even find homes. It is inventory, okay? It just depends on what you're looking for. And there's so many options that you can use in order to make a home that may not be what you're looking, that you might want it to be, into making it what you want it to be. So for example, uh, 203K loans. You might find a home where it might not have the flooring you're looking for or the cabinets or, you know, the appliances and things of that nature or updated bathroom. They have loans that you can utilize to be able to fix up the house the way that you want it to look like. When I purchased my house, my house was not the house that I wanted, but I made it into my own. He Mm -hmm. was the same exact way and she could speak on her behalf as well. It wasn't the perfect home, but it was a great location. They were building up in my neighborhood and I knew that I I was going to keep my house for the rest of my life. I might not live in it, but I was going to keep it under my name for the rest of my life. So I had to look at the rental rates and things of that nature, the infrastructure. So you have to look outside of just, I need a bigger space, but look outside of what can this property do for me on the long haul? What can I, how can I benefit from this particular property? And all the cosmetic stuff that could come over time, but mm-hmm. get a house where it would kids say the cutest neighborhood, ugliest house or something like that. The, the best, na- the ugliest house in the best neighborhood. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> because people have to, people have to realize this is your first home, but this is also your first potentially your first investment property. Is it an investment property that someone may rent out or is it an investment because it's going to be able to sell that money for a down payment on your next home, right? This is not your forever home. We're not in our homes forever like our grandmothers were, right? So people have to wrap their mind around that. And, you know, for the people say there's no homes out here, it's because they're looking for something very specific. 
mm-hmm. um, that they may not ever find, right? Because no home, regardless of your budget, is going to be 100% every little thing that you want. But we are seeing, you know, more um, more days on the market as far as homes. And we're also seeing, you know, an uptick in the inventory. Mm-hmm. And then I do a lot of new construction. New construction is like everywhere in the DC yeah. right now. Yeah. So from all the condos in DC to the townhomes and single county, um, you know, Virginia, Montgomery County, they're literally everywhere at all budgets. Um, so it's an opportunity. And um, and before, you know, when it came to new construction, if you didn't get on that email, um, <laughs> respond to that email within 24 hours or whatever the situation is, you done for the month. Oh, wow. Because they had a cap of how many they could sell a month. So there's so many different opportunities right now. But like Samantha said, you have to be willing to not necessarily understand. I mean, understand that you're going to get something that is that may work for you, but it's not going to be everything. And you have yeah. to understand that part. I know that's got to be a hard part is managing people expectations when they're out there looking for a home because I myself did it too. I fell in love with the aesthetics. Like, and you're right. When I walk in, I'm like, I just want it to all be done nicely. I don't want to fix up nothing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? But it is value in buying those homes that are fixer uppers because that's what we're thinking about now and being able to create it what you want it to be versus having to go into a turnkey home and it's all just done for you. I know that has to be a hard part of the process. And I tell people, like, you, if you want it, we can get it for you, but you have to pay for it. Yeah. And those are the so high price ones. Yeah, yeah. Right. those are high price ones. The, those are ones that that is going to increase the comps in the neighborhood because <laughs> this is a completely <laughs> renovated home. It's turnkey. All you have to do is walk in. Versus, you're going to be walking in once you do all the you know the pretty aesthetics and you know mm-hmm. doing everything you want to do cosmetic wise. That's going to increase the value of your home. But you're not going to put as much into that home compared to how much increase in value you're going to get. And that's what I think people have to realize, too. I have a background in construction. I actually have my home improvement license. And I see it all the time where I have to really talk my clients into what's wrong with this property. Okay, (laughs) the, the, the carpet. Carpet's like $3,500. You should tax refund and get some hardwood floors. Yes, yes. If you need someone to manage your project, I got you. I will manage your project for you in order to get this done. Like, this is just, it's, it's mind boggling. Like, we definitely have to get out of the, the realm of. Um, you know, everything has to be completely done because it, it's, it's not going to benefit you. I mean, it will eventually, but it's not going to benefit you as fast as if mm-hmm. you had something that needed just the basic cosmetics that you can definitely work around. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, let's talk about the home buying assistant programs, because I know when I was looking, I was trying to find that first time home buyer program and get the assistance that you need. I could not find them to save my life. You know, so how easy or how hard is it to actually, one, find those programs and then really get approved to utilize those programs for first time home buyers? Because I, I have other friends who tried to find those programs. Maybe I, don't, I just don't know where they are. Like, how do you find them? So it's a question we get all the time. Like, can you connect us <laughs> to a down payment assistance program? No. <laughs> we can connect you to a lender who. The down payment assistance program. So the lender okay. has 
put my name in the system program. So we love when people come to us without a lender, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we're able to direct you to the person that you need to speak to. If you're looking to purchase in Montgomery County and you want to use their program, I know who to hook you up with. If mm-hmm. you're looking Baltimore, I know who to hook you up with. If you want to use, if you want to buy in DC, I know who to hook you up with. Never ask people if you qualify or not. I say, mm-hmm. do you what? Where do you want to be? And the first thing I always talk to the lender about: Do they qualify for this down payment assistance in this specific area? Mm-hmm. Some some lenders will not. Um, some lenders don't work with any type of down payment assistance, especially like, uh, credit unions. Um, but, and then some lenders won't give you all their options because they may not want to work with those, uh, because those programs may take a little longer, take a little bit more work on their end. That's why it's great to connect with a a great real estate agent who Mm -hmm. will help you in that, in, in that direction, as far as, um, connecting you to a lender that works with those programs. Yeah. yeah. And then also, too, I just want people to realize, too, with the down payment assistance programs, it's not free. <laughs> it's, 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 not. it's not free money. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not. No. So if you have the cash to be able to utilize, you know, and get and, and getting your down payment assistance or paying for your down payment assistance or getting seller help and things of that nature, we, you know, definitely consider that as well. Nothing wrong with down payment assistance programs, though, but just understand that it's, it's not free. And then, you know, they might add on fees and they might add on like a higher interest rate. So that's what you also have to take into consideration. Um, you know, I, we have tons of buyers that use the down payment assistance programs and if needed, you know, definitely use it. But again, it's, it's not free. Um, they find some way to get, you know, their, their their money on the back end to upfront you those calls. So just keeping that in mind, not being a Debbie Downer, but we you know we real over here. <laughs> well, that's good to know. And I'm thank you. I thank you for clearing that up because in my mind, I thought it was free. And I know probably a lot of other people are thinking, this is free money. How can I get this free money? Yeah. So, And it's, it's ways they get their money back. So if it's a grant, even if it's a grant where you don't have to pay the money back, that money is tied to an interest rate. So your interest rate is going to be higher, meaning that mor- your mortgage is going to be higher. Like me, I use one program. When I refinance, I had to pay the money back. So they're going to find a way to get their money back for giving you money. But it's definitely a great way um, to get into a home because that's what your ultimate goal is, is to get into the home and start building that equity. Yeah, definitely. Um, So what advice will you guys give to potential buyers right now? What would you say? Would you say, hey, this is the time for you to buy? Like you said, don't pay attention to mortgage rates. What advice would you give them who are looking to buy and want to get this whole process started? Because when I started, when I bought my home, one thing I didn't know, because when you're a first time home buyer, you really don't know the process, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know the process. I'm sorry, my dog keeps hitting my microphone. And (laughs) I just cannot get him away from me. And you know, you don't know how lengthy the process is and you really don't know how much lenders really get all up in your financial business. You know what I mean? Because I had no idea. So what would you tell a first time home buyer and how would you prepare them for that process? 
I think the first thing I would say is have a conversation with professionals. You can always have your support system when it comes to like your parents and friends and cousins, you know, but always listen to a professional. It was so funny. My sister just got pre-approved and she talked to my mom and dad and they're like, oh, when I purchased my house, it wasn't like this. This is this. I had to put my parents in their place. Like y'all treating me how <laughs> all the other first time home buyers, you know, uh, treat me with, you know, with family. But it's nothing wrong with having that support system, but for someone that or a team that does it on a regular basis, I mean, we do this every day. As far as we we are um, we are students of the market every day. You know, we close deals on a regular basis, so we understand what to look for. They're in good hands when they work with Synergy Properties Group. So it's just more so just having that conversation, and then when we send you over to the lender, do not be afraid to have <laughs> honest conversations with the lender because they're going to find out regardless whether you tell them now or tell them <laughs> later once we're under contract which might be too late and be hurting your pockets with your earnest money deposit so we just want you to be very open and honest we've seen it all and you know we're just here to definitely re- fulfill your real estate goals and that's just what's important to us once you have that consultation with us your real estate goal becomes our real estate goal and we push to make sure that we see it to the end mm-hmm and, and like I said earlier, we don't turn anyone away. We have a strategy for everyone. So the first call, the first initial consultation is a strategy call. Um, are you ready to go to the lender? Do we need to send you to the credit specialist? What is, um, you know, what what is the thing that we need to do to help you accomplish your goal? So I think a lot of people don't realize, just have that call, right? pull the bandaid off just Mm -hmm. have that conversation and a lot of people i think are so nervous they read all these things they see all these things on on social media but don't know where to start the first place to start is to schedule a call with synergy properties group (laughs) and have an initial consultation and that's just have a conversation because you don't know what you don't know we do this all day every day I had an initial consultation um, at one o'clock today. And what she said to me is, I don't think I'm ready to buy right now because I got to get my credit up. First thing I said, have you checked your credit? Where are you? She said, well, I'm in like the mid sixes. All you need is a 640 to start the process. <laughs> so you think you're a specialist. And honestly, now you can go to talk to the lender. So a lot of people, I think they talk themselves out of the process um, because like you said, you don't know, you know, you don't know anything about it. So having that initial consultation with us will be able to guide you on a direction um, towards your goals. Yeah. And I think, too, a lot of people have to realize, too, is that don't wait for the market to change before you actually decide to purchase. Mm -hmm. I have so many people, you guys. Well, you guys, you know, I know I have so many, um, (laughs) you know, current clients that pretty much they're like, you know, in 2020 and 2021, they're like, I'm going to save a little bit more, increase my credit. Now the money that they saved is like pennies compared to what the interest rates and everything look like Mm -hmm. now so you trying to save and not speaking to a lender to get you know to know what your plan is is that oh i saw his tail oh (laughs) (laughs) 
So, so you not knowing your actual plan is actually hurting you more than helping you. So having yeah. those conversations is super, super important. But they're going to yeah. yeah. having a bloopers moment here. Know, oh, right. Listen, this is all part of a conversation. This, this is stuff that happens. This is the kind of stuff people like to see in the show. Um, exactly. You know, let, let's talk about credit score because credit score, I think, is another deterrent in terms of why people won't even take that first step because they feel like, no, I don't, I don't have the credit for it. And I think they yeah. just don't know what they need when it comes to FHA loan or just a, re- you know, I don't know what the other term is called for a regular loan. I don't think they know what their score is supposed to be. They just think that I just don't think my credit score is good. Mm-hmm. So kind of give yeah, people some information around credit score. A lot of people think you need to have a 700 to be mm-hmm. able to purchase. Some lenders will go all the way down to a 580. Our goal is to have you at least at a six that point then you qualify for down payment assistant programs mm-hmm. um so our goal is for at least the 640 if you have a little bit of extra money you don't need down payment assistance you can go a little lower you don't need a perfect credit score you don't need a 700 credit score you can have a bankruptcy you can have different things on your credit that's why it's important to talk to the lender not to your friends not looking at all these things on instagram or youtube mm-hmm. about you know what you need for credit because everyone's situation is totally different so having that conversation at a 640 maybe you want to increase it to a certain amount but having that conversation at least with the lenders to let you know specifically what you need to do to increase your score is always um always a good thing to do mm-hmm. let's go on there because i know that was a big one for i have a few friends i have a niece particular who's looking and she's young and i was gonna ask a question too do you begin to see a lot more younger um people purchase homes she's only 20 no i'm sorry she's 30 actually she looks so young she's 30 years old <laughs> she is if you was a seer you think she's like 16 you wouldn't even believe that she's can purchase a home but she's 30 years old she has two kids and she's thinking about purchasing and i know when i was at her age i wasn't even thinking about that kind of stuff to be honest with you but i begin to see younger and younger kids now think about home ownership is that something you guys are seeing too Oh, for sure. I, I mean, definitely, especially when the interest rates were super low. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they, they were coming in fast, you know, because it, it was a monthly payment that they can maintain. And I'm seeing a lot of people where they went back home, lived with mom for, you know, a year to save and they have enough for down payment and closing calls. So they have yeah. more opportunities. So I'm seeing a lot of people using their their resources, you know, using family, you know, their circle, you know, to help them in the process not just asking mom and dad, you know, can I borrow this money, but actually like, okay, can I stay with you? I have a plan in place. Give me a year saving the money so they can go ahead and move forward to actually purchase. But yeah, I am seeing a lot younger, um, younger people actually considering or or having those conversations, you know, and some are ready to move forward and some may not be, but they're willing to put in the work in order for them to be ready, you know, in the near future. So my site is definitely totally different. And I think it has a lot to do with social media to be honest with you when mm-hmm. they see people like actually purchasing homes when they visit their friends who purchased the home like if they can do it i can do it type mindset is super amazing for the younger generation for sure yeah yeah, yeah and like samantha said uh, social media has been amazing with that as far as like showcasing people all across you can see everywhere in the market not just in the dmv how many young people are actually purchasing Mm-hmm. Um, now, and I think it's a great thing and a, and a great trend that we want to keep up because our whole goal is for you to buy, you know, as young as possible so you can start building that wealth. 
Yeah. You know, when you're taking people around, showing them homes, is it a certain area, especially here in the DMV, that's like the most sought after that most people say, I want to be in this area. And then they get to that point where they're like not changing their minds. They just want to be in this sought after area. Is it areas like that here? Do you guys run into that? Yeah, well, we can tell people where to go because that's considered <laughs> staring, which is against the law. Okay. <laughs> Make sure you say that, okay? Say disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> no, but if people that's from out of town, it's so funny. It's either Upper Marlboro Bowie. They don't know nothing else. <laughs> they just know Upper Marlboro and Bowie. And I'm like, you know, there's other areas besides Upper Marlboro and Bowie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are the two where definitely people are like, I want to live in those two areas and that's it. That's all um, type thing. So yeah, those two. <laughs> Where are you seeing the most inventory right now here in this area? Because like I said, I have friends who are looking, but I think my friend one, I'm in Upper Marlboro too, and I'm over here, um, you know, in an area where they're still building a lot around my area, but, you know, a lot of the homes haven't been built yet because my community is still kind of, well, my area is kind of new in this community. But um, where, where do you see the most inventory right now? It depends on price point, I would say. Yeah. It depends on where you're looking at as far as your price point, you know, um, it's inventory everywhere. But again, it's just where what are you comfortable with as far as your monthly payments? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what are you pre-approved for, um, you know, to basically say, you know, where the inventory is. But from what I've seen, a kid can speak on it. I, it, it just depends on, on your particular um, price point, to be honest. Yeah. <sighs> Do you, um, it's definitely depending on your price point as far as like new construction, literally everywhere in the mm-hmm. from Bethesda to Alexandria, Frederick, Baltimore County, all throughout Prince George's County from Akakee to Laurel. Mm-hmm. We're seeing uh, a lot of new construction pop up. Um, but like Samantha said, it's really going to depend on your price point, um, as far as the inventory. Okay. Let me ask you guys this too. When it comes to pre-approvals, do you um, prefer them to come with your clients to come with a pre-approval or would you say, Hey, pre-approvals are not necessary. We can take you to, as you say to our lenders and try to help get you approved. We can work with you getting you approved for something. I mean, either way is fine. We prefer that, you know, that you work, well, not prefer that you work with one of our lenders because we have, you know, lenders that, you know, that we suggest, but it's always up to you, whichever lender that you use. However, if you do come with a pre-approval, it's super important that we do our due diligence, asking all the important questions. How soon can you close? What's the cash to close? How much, you know, do you, do they need from sellers if they need anything from the sellers? You know, things of that nature, which is super important just to make sure that that your that our clients entire team us the lender title everyone is on the same accord so either way is fine um to be honest with you we have just worked with more with lenders more than once that we know their flow on how things go but if you have a lender we just do our due diligence just to make sure that all of our ducks in a row when it's time to submit an offer going under contract and actually closing yeah, because it's very important because we're a team. So not only are we a team with Synergy Properties Group, but whoever we're working with, we become a team. So I, the lender is part of our team. We want to make sure whatever lender that you're working with are, are giving you the best customer service, 
be able to provide you all the resources as far as like all your options because you'll have some lenders that will only give a client one option because mm-hmm. the lender i mean the client doesn't even know to ask for multiple options so we want to make sure that you're protected on all fronts because i've definitely talked to you know lenders of people who already come pre-approved and i'm like they are not gonna help you they're gonna mess the transaction up <laughs> would you be willing to speak to one of my lenders because i can already see it like you have some lenders you know first thing i ask is about down payment assistance and I've had one lender like hang up on me, like I work with million dollar clients. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about this down payment assistance. And I'm like, okay, but my client needs down payment assistance. He needs to know what his options are. So we just make sure we do the due diligence with anyone that you, you know, that you come already uh, approved with. Okay. When it comes to down payments, do you is is there a certain number if it's a first time home buyer and they can't get any down payment assistance, is there a certain percentage you need that you would tell them, Hey, make sure you try to save X amount percentage towards whatever the number for the house you want to purchase? Because I know what I did, my down payment, um, I didn't have to pay my whole down payment in full. My blend, my home was being built, so it was a year. I was able to make my payments over the year. Right. Until it was time for my payment. And I don't think a lot of people know that. I was so surprised that I didn't have to pay it all at once. And because it was a new construction, that I was able to give them like monthly payments. And when I tell people that, they're very shocked. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I didn't have to come up with that money all, all the one time. All the not created the same. So okay, builders, okay. And, and then during COVID, because of, you know, it was so uh, much of a demand for new construction, all of the money was due at contract. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, but and then so all buildings are definitely differently when it comes to new construction as far as like paying. Okay. Um, but what I usually tell people is at least to have five percent saved, mm-hmm. which is typically about fifth. I don't know. I usually right now in this market, I would say at least have fifteen thousand saved. Okay. But, but it's. I would just say save as possible because I've had some people like a VA client who got all of their closing assistance paid by the seller. Uh, she's already coming in paying 0% um, in down payment. So she actually got money back. Mm. So it's really hard to determine in this market how much you need. It was actually easier in 2020, 2021, 2022, because we knew you weren't getting closing assistance, right? So we mm. already knew you de- needed that money. It was hard to get down payment assistance. So we I, back then, I was saying at least 6 to 7%. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely say it would definitely vary, but at the very least have 10 to 15,000 and realize that money can come from different avenues. Um, like you can get gift funds. You can take from your 401k as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think people have to understand the difference between the two. So it's something called down payment assistance and then it's closing costs. So it's two different things, you know, and so down payment, you know, with conventional is, is, it depends on what type of loan you have is if it's conventional is 3% down. If it's mm-hmm. FHA 3.5, if it's a VA loan, then you don't have to put any down. If it's a USDA, you don't have to put any down. But then when key is adding in like the additional, like 2%, 3% to get that five, 6%, um, that's when you're including like your, your closing costs and things like that. That's like the lender fees, title fees, things mm-hmm. of that nature that not only are you talking about down payment, but now you have the cat, I mean, 
the closing costs that you have to worry about as well. So although someone may get down payment assistance, yeah, you'll get your down payment covered, but you still have your closing costs that you have to focus on. So sometimes you do have those programs where they will cover both the down payment and the closing costs as well. You just have to be mindful that interest rates are a little higher um, and, you know, things of that nature. Um, but yeah, like Kia said, it just depends, um, to be honest with you. Um, interest rates play a major factor in all the cards, what type of loan you're applying. All the cards. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, interest rates. Can we hear you? Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you guys. It's just Rakia had a little, a little static when she okay, took her ear, okay. her earbuds out. Okay, okay, no problem. So no, just the convince you just the interest rates all predict. Um, well, not the interest rates. I'm sorry. Your credit score determines what your interest rate is based on what type of loan you qualify for. So the mm-hmm. conventional loan, the FHA loan, VA loan, USDA, those are the main four type of loans that someone can be approved for. Um, then based off of that, that's what the uh, closing call with the down payment, whatever you have to put down as a down payment, will focus on as far as whichever loan you approve for. That's good to know. So it doesn't matter. Well, when the client comes to you, do you tell them, hey, you better off going with a VA loan? Uh, not a VA, but that's for veterans, but either a conventional loan or FHA loan, or is it something you let them decide to do? Then, well, the lender actually decides what's best. Okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Based on when they run their, their information. However, what people don't see on the back end is that once we send you over to a lender, like I'm working with a lender right now where I have three clients where I got the pre-approval, but I'm we're, we're working out on the back end. Okay, what's the best case scenario in this factor? Could they be approved for this? What's the best case, worst case scenario? So we're doing a lot of things on the back end mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't actually see. So I had a client that was a pre-qualified for or pre-approved for FHA, but I know that he wants a, a condo in Prince George's County. And I know Prince George's County, unfortunately, doesn't have a lot of FHA approved condo so he needs to be approved for a conventional loan he was able to get approved for that conventional loan so it's a lot of back-end stuff that we're doing but at the end of the day the lender is the one who makes that decision based on a debt-to-income ratio and then also based on what their actual credit score is yeah i think that's what our lenders do that we love is they provide them all the options so mm-hmm. you're not just given one option. You'll see what it looks like if you do FHA versus conventional. So you versus down payment versus non-down payment. So you can make the best decision for you. Yep. Yeah. It's good to be informed because that's the have those options so you would know because it does help you be a lot more informed. Right. What has been probably some of the throughout your process with your clients, have you seen like maybe one of the biggest reasons maybe why someone doesn't get approved? For a certain loan, is it that they're not being upfront in terms of like financial documents? Mm-hmm. Like, what would be some of those things that would stop a person from getting approved for a loan? Credit. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the two ta- the one time that I had an actual credit denial mm-hmm. was they were under contract. Um, they did not pay a bill, mm-hmm. and that bill was sent to collections. Dropped their credit. Uh, 80 points so they went from approved to not approved mm-hmm. so pretty much not following the 10 commandments of what you're supposed to do or not do once you go under contract and one of the biggest things is change anything credit wise yeah. so those are the biggest reasons why people will not will you know not be denied i mean will will be denied 
And then like changing jobs, things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, in the middle, like once you get pre-approved, don't do anything different. Stay the exact same, whether it is boring or not, just stay the exact same (laughs) until you actually close. Because that's super important from the time you get that pre-approval letter all the way to we actually go to closing. So credit is an important thing where we see that sometimes, you know, it could be um, a deterring factor in someone actually getting qualified. Um, Then also changing jobs in the middle of a contract. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, do, you do not want to do that um, for sure or unless you talk to the lender, have that conversation first to see if it's the right opportunity for you to be able to do. And then also debt to income ratio. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, we might have someone that has a 700 credit score because they're paying their mortgage or they're paying their bills on time, but a lot of their um, income is used towards paying off a lot of expenses, which means your debt to income ratio is high. Um, so that just, you know, that limits you from being able to either qualify for down payment assistance programs, qualify at all for any type of loan or even being able to get qualified for a higher amount because your debt to income ratio is so high. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't understand that debt to income ratio piece of it. You know what I mean? When they're going through the home buying process, they don't know that, hey, if you have more debt than your income, it doesn't look like you can afford anything else. Although you probably feel like I'm managing it well, but still to a lender, they're kind of like, no, you don't look like you can take on any other, especially a large purchase like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's that's that's we it's, get that all the time. Important. People are like, Well, I make over six figures, mm-hmm. you know, I pay this in my rent, and, and you probably pay too much in rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if the landlord's not gonna say no, if you're paying your rent every you know, every month and there's, there's no issues, they're not gonna say anything, but you know, they have to make sure that you know, the banks have to protect themselves as far as making sure that they're not um approving any uh risky loans. When you're dealing with a client, client, is it hard for them to stay within those 10 commandments? Because like you said, once you're in that pre-approval stage and then all of a sudden they want to purchase something. Because I knew for me when we wanted to purchase the house, I was like, okay, I can't go purchase a car. I have to make a choice. Either I'm going to get the house or I'm going to get the car. I can't get the car and then I'm going to get the house too. So is it hard for people to stay within that plan to purchase basically? I would say for the most part, no, it's not hard. Like you don't see it as often. Mm-hmm. As you may think, as far as um, what people are doing, I think a lot of people are to know, like, I'm buying a house. I'm not about to go buy a car. I'm not going to yeah. go, you know, charge up my credit card. Um, but I, I think for the most part, people are are doing what they need to do because they know they want to buy that home. Yeah. And I think it's more so too when once they get the pre-approval, that's when people get excited. So they're not going to do anything. You know, once they, (laughs) they're like, all right, I I feel like a relief off my shoulder. I sent all my documents, you know, to the lender. I feel like they, you know, I feel like a new person. I think it's more so before they get the pre-approval and before they have the conversation with the lender, that in-between time of, us talking to them and then actually talking to the lender, them creating the plan. If they're saying like six months, you have some that's like, all right, I'm gonna follow the plan. I'm gonna be a buy a home. I was the same way. I was rejected the first time. A year later, I was approved. But mm-hmm. you know, for some people, they just, you know, we we have to be on them like 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 mamas. Like I call them. Like what you doing? <laughs> I see you on Instagram. Why are you out of you out of town? You I see I see these these Gucci bags. What what are you doing? <laughs> I've had clients when their car broke down during the transaction. I said Uber work, Metro work. <laughs> oh my god. Like, it out. We had closing usually takes place between 
30 to, to 45 days. Some of our lenders can close in under three weeks, right? Mm -hmm. You can have a temporary sacrifice for something bigger. That's true. That's true. Because I know when I was going through the process, I didn't do anything. I really didn't. Because I was like, listen, we got to make this work because we got to head right. on to glory. That's victory over there. And I think that is a conversation when you talk about how important is it to have something and create that generational wealth. And is that something that you guys try to explain to your first time buyers? Like, hey, you're not just buying a home. You're buying something that you'll be able to give down to your children and that will be able to make more money for you. Is that something that you tell your first time home buyers? Yeah, absolutely. And I always don't, I mean, for, but for some people, it may be something different than just building the generational wealth. You know, mm -hmm. I had one mom where, you know, she was ready to sell her house because she needs to pay off her debt so that she can be more of a provider for her, for her daughter. Mm -hmm. So she looked at it as something different versus, oh, I'm just going to keep this house, you know, and pass it down. You know, she was looking at the bigger picture of, I need to take care of this first so that I can be mentally prepared in the future as far as you know paying for my daughter's college and things of that nature like she was looking at something totally different than I'm gonna keep this house forever that that yeah. wasn't her ultimate goal her okay. ultimate goal was like I have a whole bunch of debt I refuse to do bankruptcy I have all this equity in my house I'm gonna go ahead and use this equity pay down my stuff and then she ended up buying a new construction with Kia so she she you know it's just certain things that people um look for when they purchase their home so I always look at what is the person's why you know yeah. I don't have kids so generational wealth for me is like I don't I don't have kids, <laughs> you know. So so I you know it's different for me. It's more so building a community impact, leading by example, mm -hmm. uh, which is important to me. If I'm gonna tell somebody else to purchase a house, I should have purchased a house myself. If I tell somebody else to invest in real estate, I need to be an investor. If I tell somebody else to be a landlord, I need to be a landlord. So those are the things that push me to my next goals more than just creating generational wealth because generational wealth is used loosely sometimes. I mm -hmm. think in our community because we hear it all the time but that might not be the person's main why and I don't think that we have to be stuck in saying generational wealth all the time because sometimes it's not necessary for some people in some situations that's good to know definitely um, so how important is for people to understand um the home buying process like how important it is for people to understand it how important is education like what would you tell someone when they're looking to look for a realtor what would be some of the key things to look for that you know that this person is going to help you not only educate you on the process but help you get to the end goal i think so for a lot of our clients i know me specifically a lot of people get so excited they get the pre-approval they want to go shopping right away mm -hmm. no we going. I always say we're going to slow this process down to speed it up because once you're under contract, everything's going to be moving a mile a minute. We want mm -hmm. to educate you at the initial consultation. Educate you. We have a full buyer's consultation where we go over the pro Not only we go over your wants and need, needs in the home, we go through the whole process. We give you a buyer's guide. So you're able to, you know, not only do we go over it in person, I mean, you know, on Zoom, we go over it um, in our buyer's guide um, that we present to all of our buyers. And we're available for any questions. Like I always tell my clients, I am your Google. Do not go on Google um, about real estate because I am that person. I am your resource. Um, and, you know, making sure we're identifying if someone has a question or someone may feel like, they don't get too scared to ask the question. I always say no question is a dumb question. We do this mm -hmm. all day, every day. 
when I need, I have a question for our CPA. I got a question for the CPA. I don't care if it's a dumb question. I don't care if I ask it a million times. I don't do that all day, every day. So just making sure that we're educating people as much as possible. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like you, you see people on Instagram and everybody wanted to become a realtor. It seemed like the thing to do. But like Samantha said, we are a student of this game. So we do, we are in trainings. We're always looking to find better ways to hone in on our skills and um, make our skills better because this mm -hmm. market is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. Who I was as an agent seven years ago is not who I could be as an agent in 2023. So recognizing who your agent is as far as like what education do they have? What certificates do they have? You know, we want to make sure that um, we're helping our clients as much as possible and making sure we're educated as well so we can be um, we can educate them. Okay. Yeah. And I think, Sue, and then the initial conversation, it just definitely needs to be where the agent is asking as many questions that, you know, as possible to understand what your big why is and the reason that you're doing it. So when we're going through the process and it can be strenuous and it can be tiring and you're, you know, frustrated, we can always go back to your why. If we're mm -hmm. not asking questions and enough questions to understand your main reason, then that may not be the right agent for you. You know, it might be just an agent that's like, where are you trying to live? Okay, what part? Okay, how many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? You know, but mm -hmm. they're not giving those probing questions. They're not digging deep into what your main why is. Then that might not be just the right person for you because at the end of the day, we create a family community over here. Like it's a, you know, we have a community of people where, you know, we do a lot of events, you know, as far as community based, um, where all of our previous clients, current clients, future clients come together <laughs> and we're all just like a big family reunion <laughs> so you know for us it's definitely just understanding you know what your main why is in the very very beginning and definitely just keeping up with that and whatever your real estate goal is it becomes our real estate goal that's and awesome. Samantha and I are very transparent um with our clients we're not gonna we're gonna hold your hand through the process but we're not gonna lie to you like, if, you know, we're going to be very real with you about what your approval is, what you need, what strategies we need to use in order to get you in a home. We're not going to lie to you. We're not going to sugarcoat it. You know, we're going to be as real as possible because we understand this is a big process for you. And we want to make sure that you fully understand what you're getting yourself into. That's really awesome. This is this has been a really good conversation. I mean, I feel like people are going to get so much from this. So one, tell everyone, I guess, how they can get in contact with you guys. Because obviously, if you're in this, if you're in the Maryland, deep, you're in Washington, Virginia, you are the ladies that we want to see. Because now I make sure I go to you guys too <laughs> when my time comes, and I'm going to make sure I refer everyone I know who's looking to make sure they hit you guys up. Awesome. So we're licensed in D.C., Maryland and Virginia. However, we do have um, referral partners throughout the country. So if you're looking in any other state, you know, we have trusted referral partners that we can refer you to for sure. So don't think that just because you're not in the area that you don't have the same support in your specific area. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Synergy, S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y, Properties Group on Instagram, same um, handle on Facebook as well. <laughs> and then That's you need crazy. to call us 
240-737-2867 is our office. And then our uh, main off, uh, email address for the team is admin, A-D-M-I-N, at synergy-pg.com. And our website is synergy dash pg.com <laughs> definitely and i'll make sure i put all this information in our show notes and then i know it's on youtube but what advice would you guys give to someone who's want to get into the real estate game right now what would you tell them their steps should be in order to be a part of this business trust the process <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. It's not all bells and whistles. Um, you know, it's not all um, flowers like they show on Instagram and Facebook or social, social media overall. Um, this is for the ones that have tough skin, the ones who are willing to do the hustle and grind. You know, the regular nine to five, you know, people, they go do the nine to five. They come home. They don't think about it. We sleep. We eat. We we, 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 we all of this is regarding real estate go on vacations dealing with real estate so this is just a mindset that you just definitely have to have to be ready to execute whenever your time is ready and i would and i would definitely say start with your why so you know i didn't get into this business like i was a probation officer for 12 years i love helping people um, so definitely figure out what your why is and what your motivation is, because that why is, is, is going to be what has to wake you up and get you out of bed because you're not going to have somewhere to clock in and clock out of. So that why is going to keep you moving when it's seven o'clock and you're tired and it's dark outside. So really start with what your why is. And if your why is definitely to make an impact, you know, on this business, then definitely is, is the way to go. But it's definitely not everything you see on social media. Like it's stressful. It's months you may or may not get paid. It costs thousands to get started. Um, so it has to be something that you really want to do. And more than I want to do this because I see sun, the sunset and that looks like a fun thing. To do. <laughs> We're making a big impact on people's lives and our jobs are very, very important. And we Let me tell you we, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Rikia. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say and we have to treat it as such. And some people do and some people don't. <laughs> you, I, I'm going to tell you this You guys are right Social media make Being a realtor look like it is such a cool job mm-hmm. Like it's a cool job I mean you make a lot of money from it I mean the way they present it Even on like some of the shows Because I love all my little shows On TV too now, I'm not going to lie <laughs> The ones that are all about Selling real estate And stuff like that So it does look like It's a cool profession But I'm glad you let them know Listen this is hard work You're going to really have to grind You got to educate yourself in it You know what I mean And you got to Like you said You got to know your why now, in closing, is there anything in the industry that you guys would like to see change that can help African-American women thrive better in that industry? Is there anything you would like to see changed? I think they just came out with a report. It's only 4% of realtors are African-American. I don't know what number that is for African-American women. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely want to see more people um, thriving in real estate of people of color. Um, yeah. Because we have seen discrimination. And in, in order to reduce the discrimination, I think we have to show up in more places. And not just as realtors. I think it's very important um, to have more black appraisers because that affects our community and the home prices in our community. So I think that's the direction I definitely want to see the industry go in as far as getting more black appraisers um, in real estate. Yeah. And I think for me, just having more representation of us. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's why Kia and I are definitely trying to just spread the word about, you know, building in real estate um, and just being that face of, you know, real estate where we are examples of what is possible. Um, I, we're, we're nowhere near where we want to be for sure, but just getting out there that, you know, it's, it's possible, um, you know, to be in this real estate game, still be successful, but understanding also still being humble, um, but being a student so at the end of the day just representation representation (laughs) for me is super important (laughs) um yeah and that's 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 it i I love i love representation (laughs) listen you know when you're doing with technology it comes all these type of bloopers you know what i mean so it's it's all good it happens it's a part of technology but i want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show this has been such a great conversation um i know it's going to help a lot of people i know it's going to educate a lot of people to help meta to help make better informed decisions when it comes to um purchasing their home or even reselling you know what i mean so i'm excited i can't wait to get my process started so make sure you guys look out for a call from me and just to get the conversation started i'm gonna get my consultation book just to get the conversation started about you know purchasing a new home you know maybe keep keeping this one purchasing a new one so we're gonna do all that but guys this is the girl techno podcast i am shawnee sanders and thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening i will see you guys next time time.